Hey, it's Nathan, and this is day 43 of the Bible in 90 Days. We're in Psalm 70 through 89. Psalm 70 is a petition for the defeat of the author's enemies and a blessing on those who seek God. The last lines are these, but as for me, I am poor and needy. Come quickly to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. Lord, do not delay. Psalm 71 is a prayer for God's deliverance, acknowledging, You have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. It's also a declaration that God has done great things. Your righteousness, God, reaches to the heavens. You have done great things. Who is like you, God? My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you. I whom you have delivered. My tongue will tell of your righteous acts all day long. For those who wanted to harm me have been put to shame and confusion. Psalm 72 is a prayer for King Solomon to rule well and prosper. Endow the king with your justice, O God, the royal son with your righteousness. May he judge your people in righteousness, your afflicted ones with justice. For he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. May may grain abound through the land, on the tops of the hills may it sway. May the crops flourish like Lebanon and thrive like the grass of the field. The last verse notes, this concludes the prayers of David, son of Jesse. Psalm 73 begins book three of the Psalms and is a psalm of Asaph. It may also be the most important of today's psalms, and you should read it. In the opening lines, the writer acknowledges, My feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. The entire psalm reflects on this point, wrestling with the success of those who do evil and yet continue to prosper. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. This is what the wicked are like, always free of care. They go on amassing wealth. And so the author concludes, or at least it seems, Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. Until he has an epiphany. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. Till I entered the sanctuary of God, Then I understood their final destiny. Then he turns to God. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. In the end, he says, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. Psalm 74 is an anguished cry to be remembered by God at a time when the people feel that God has rejected them. The enemy has smashed all the carved paneling with their axes and hatchets. They burned your sanctuary to the ground. They defiled the dwelling place of your name. 
They said in their hearts, we will crush them completely. Worse, the people are given no signs from God. No prophets are left. And none of us knows how long this will be. And then the psalm briefly reflects on God's power, the splitting of the sea, the provision of water, even the creation of sun and moon. The final lines, Rise up, O God, and defend your cause. Remember how fools mock you all day long. Do not ignore the clamor of your adversaries, the uproar of your enemies, which rises continually. Psalm 75 is a song of praise, declaring God's just judgment of those who do evil, concluding, As for me, I will declare this forever. I will sing praise to the God of Jacob, who says, I will cut off the horns of all the wicked, but the horns of the righteous will be uplifted. Psalm 76 begins, God is renowned in Judah. In Israel, his name is great. It's an invitation to fear God alone because he acts with justice against those who are evil. Make vows to the Lord your God and fulfill them. Let all the neighboring lands bring gifts to the one to be feared. He breaks the spirit of rulers. He is feared by the kings of the earth. Psalm 77, read it, by the way, begins like this. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. It's another psalm written out of a feeling of abandonment. Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal the years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. The rest of the psalm reflects on God's mighty power in action. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. Psalm 78 is tragic. It begins, My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. In this first section, the author notes that God's people were given instruction so they would put their trust in God. However, it's noted shortly, they did not keep God's covenant and refused to live by his law rebelling in the wilderness against the Most High. The author notes some lines later, In spite of all this, they kept on sinning. In spite of his wonders, they did not believe. So he ended their days in futility and their years in terror. Their hearts were not loyal to him. They were not faithful to his covenant. Yet he was merciful he forgave their iniquities and did not destroy them. Time after time, he restrained his anger and did not stir up his full wrath. 
He remembered that they were but flesh, a passing breeze that does not return. The entire chapter is a reflection on Israel's unfaithfulness, especially that of Ephraim, one of Joseph's two sons. That is, the tribe of Ephraim descended from one of Joseph's two sons. Near the end of the chapter, the author notes, He rejected the tents of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loved. The psalm ends with this line, And David shepherded them with integrity of heart. With skillful hands he led them. David, by the way, a descendant of Judah. Psalm 79 is clearly written after the Babylonian invasions and the destruction of the temple, illustrating the wide historical range found in the Psalms. The chapter begins, O God, the nations have invaded your inheritance. They have defiled your holy temple. They have reduced Jerusalem to rubble. They have left the dead bodies of your servants as food for the birds of the sky. The psalm essentially follows these lines. How long, Lord, will you be angry forever? How long will your jealousy burn like fire? Do not hold against us the sins of past generations. May your mercy come quickly to meet us, for we are in desperate need. Psalm 80 begins, Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might. Come and save us. How long, Lord God Almighty, will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. This psalm, too, is written from a position of exile. Jerusalem's walls are broken down. It's also worth noting that Israel is here referred to as a vine transplanted from Egypt a metaphor that comes up elsewhere in Scripture to represent Israel. It's a metaphor that even Jesus uses. The psalm ends, Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Psalm 81, a psalm, by the way, you should read, is a call to follow the ways of God. The core of the psalm is a message from an unknown voice. The message begins all the way back in Egypt with the people's cry for deliverance from bondage. In your distress you called and I rescued you. The voice then reminds the people of the command not to worship false gods. Then we hear the divine lament. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Psalm 82 finds God in judgment of earth, asking, 
How long will you defend the unjust and show partiality to the wicked? Defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. And the psalm ends. Rise up, O God, judge the earth, for all the nations are your inheritance. Psalm 83 is a prayer against Israel's enemies. O God, do not remain silent. Do not turn a deaf ear. Do not stand aloof, O God. See how your enemies growl, how your foes rear their heads. With one With one mind they plot together. They form an alliance against you. Make them like tumbleweed, my God, like chaff before the wind. Let them know that you, whose name is the Lord, that you alone are the Most High over all the earth. Psalm 84 is a prayer of longing to be in God's presence. How lovely Is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty? My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand years elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Psalm 85 begins... You, Lord, showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. The next lines are a prayer for God to restore Israel. And the remaining lines of the chapter are a reflection on God's goodness. Psalm 86 is a prayer for deliverance and a prayer of longing to learn the ways of God. Here are some of the best lines. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. You, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Psalm 87 is a celebration of Zion as the city God founded. It's also a fascinating psalm because it affirms God's love for the people of all nations and his eagerness to register them as his own people. Psalm 88 is a prayer of great struggle, the author praying for deliverance while wrestling with feeling abandoned by God. Even put in the lowest pit by him and feeling the weight of his wrath, and yet, I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Unlike many of the psalms expressing deep anguish, this one does not resolve. The final words being, You have taken from me friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. Psalm 89. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations.
It's a psalm celebrating God's power and faithfulness. At least that's how it begins. In the middle, however, we begin to see a shift. If his sons forsake my law and do not follow my statutes, I will punish their sin with the rod, their iniquity with flogging. But I will not take my love from him, nor will I ever betray my faithfulness. And then the psalm makes a full turn toward deep anguish. You have rejected, you have spurned, you have been very angry with your anointed one. You have renounced the covenant with your servant and have defiled his crown in the dust. How long, Lord, will you hide yourself forever? How long will your wrath burn like fire? Remember how fleeting is my life. This psalm does, however, end with this final line. Praise be to the Lord forever. Amen and amen. And that's all for today.